Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Diocese of San Diego. And welcome back, everybody, to this uh, podcast episode in our discussion about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, July 10th, uh, for proper 10 in year C, well into ordinary time now. Mm-hmm the nice green season. I love Ordinary Time because it's like so just kind of plodding along. We have one story after the next, so it's really nice. Uh, and we're going to hear the story of the Good Samaritan today, which is going to be fun. Um, but before we get to that, we always like to check in with each other or with a guest if we have one uh, about where we saw or felt God's presence in our lives this past week. And this week, David, I think that it's your turn. So is there a place that you saw or felt God moving or God's absence this past week? I feel both. I felt both. Yeah. Um, Well, my wife had COVID. So that meant that she had to like isolate pretty much as much as humanly possible. We have two kids, two little babies. So an 18 month old and a four year, almost four year old. And so my like desolation the last couple of weeks was that just like, <clears throat> you know, the, like, like our, our preschooler wasn't able to go to preschool cause he was a close contact. And, um, yeah, our one-year-old is also teething. It's like this terrible, perfect storm. Of everyone just like falling apart. So like they were both like, so, um, they were just getting like cabin fever and, uh, and then Mary Lynn had to, be in our guest room for like almost two weeks and I was like, you know, just trying do, doing my best to survive uh, solo parenting. She was feeling so sad about it and I was right. like feeling so sad. She was sad and it was just like so hard. And so there were a lot of desolate, uh, exhausted times mm-hmm. in that in those moments. But in the midst of that, there was a lot of there was like God feelings of God's movement. Like we had a couple friends one day come over at two different times and and like help me out like take one of the kids while the other one was sleeping and so i got to go and have some alone time with my with wherever i wherever i went i'm pretty much went and just got coffee both times which was good (laughs) and so like that kind of communal support i felt god moving in that and then actually my other god sighting from this last uh week or so was yesterday i um i was my birthday June 26th. Happy birthday. Thank you. I turned 34 years old and, um, I had like a, like a open house, like a, like a birthday open house for, uh, people to come and, and hang out and, and like the real, the God moment, the like feeling of like joy and God moving in that for me was like the excitement, George's excitement about it actually. Cause his like last you know, the first two years of his life, he didn't really know what was going on. Last year, he knew it was my birthday, but just kept saying that it was his birthday because the only birthday he really cares about is his own. But this year's like actually excited for me for it to be my birthday. And that was really fun. And like, he was so excited, like give me a present that he made for me. And, and so like, he like sang happy birthday when everybody was singing. And like, it was just so fun to like see his uh, excitement and joy. And it like helped me feel excited and joyful too. Um, cause it, cause like, uh, for the last few years, the, my birthday has been kind of a desolate day because it just like makes me feel the absence of, especially my parents who both died and my brother who lives far away and just like feeling the absence of my family. And, 
And so I didn't, I really didn't feel that yesterday, yeah. you know, for the first time in a while. And that was really cool. So, I mean, so many other like consolations and desolations, especially just from the last like it's three days. Week. Yeah. With the Supreme Court decision on Friday morning. And I preached about it, which was like a, a consolation and also just desolate because I just don't know, you know, what to do. And so many, just so sad and frustrated and angry and like so many emotions. So. So I feel, yeah, just so many swirling things the last couple of weeks. Just such a crazy couple of weeks. And and um, so just and an a opportunity mix. to be mindful of God moving in all of those mm-hmm. because it can feel like all desolation, mm-hmm. um, it, especially when things are turbulent. So I love the fact that you named in your God sighting a little bit of everything, right? Like the both and because we need to remember that there is both and especially in these times that we're living in right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually have a very important follow-up question. Oh yeah. Did you have a birthday cake? Yes. What flavor? Carrot cake Ah. with cream cheese frosting. Is that your favorite? I think so. Okay. I think it is my favorite cake. Carrot cake with nuts or without? With, with nuts. Because that's a polarizing question. I feel like carrot cake in and of itself is polarizing. Mm -hmm. And then the nuts thing, I think like nuts in anything is a polarizing mm-hmm. thing. So people, I guess nuts in general are a polarizing thing. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, and we also have, we have, we have a, we have a God sighting and we have a listener voicemail, uh, voicemail today. So we're going to play a voicemail from the one and only the, the voicemailer, Hannah Wilder. Everybody else is invited to get on Hannah's level. I know. You know, everyone can voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, but we're going to play a, a voicemail from Hannah Wilder and she's going to be, uh, she was moved to, uh, call us and leave a voicemail about, um, the Mary Lockie episode about the Holy Spirit. And so this was what Hannah had to say about that. Hi, I just listened to the Faith to Go episode about the Holy Spirit and about, uh, Pentecost and with Mary Lockie and it was so good and I really appreciated Mary's perspective, and it was so cool to have a new voice on Faith to Go. So I wanted to say thanks for that. And then I love how you ask, you know, what would our point have been? And I think for that one, I just think a lot about the verse that says, you know, Jesus says, I will leave my spirit who will lead you into all truth. And that's how I understand the Holy Spirit, like most predominantly, is that, you know, God's revelation didn't stop when Jesus ascended, God is continuing to work in the world and to work through people and to give us new understanding and new, like, raise our consciousness and awareness. And I just think about that with the whole shift to being more accepting and affirming and inclusive of the LGBTQIA plus community. And um, I think that is the spirit leading us into all truth. Mm. You know, we used to understand through a mirror darkly, but now we're understanding with the spirit of truth leading us. So I think that would have been what I would have brought to that conversation. And thank you so much for asking. I love Faith to Go. It's such a good podcast. Bye. Bye, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. So good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Love the spirit of truth idea. And just like, yes, that feeling like this ongoing truth unfolding and being revealed, you know, in our lives. And so thank you again, Hannah, for sending us that uh, voicemail. And if you want to share a point from uh, the gospel for any week or you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection, 
Or if you have a God sighting uh, to share, consolation or desolation, we'd always love to hear from you. And like Hannah did, you can call us and leave us a voicemail or you can send a text message to the same number. You can also email us. You can contact us through our website where you can also find all those faith to go resources every week for personal reflection, uh, small group discussion and family conversation. And you can also follow us on Instagram where you can tag us in a post or direct message us. And if you scroll down in this podcast uh, description for this episode, you'll find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed with links that you can click and do any of those things that you want. So we'd love to hear from you. And now we're going to uh, transition into our conversation about the gospel this week. For July 10th, proper 10, Charlotte is going to read it and then I'll have some context and then we'll each have a point. And the gospel for this week is Luke 10, verses 25 to 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbors as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him he passed on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. All right. So we are uh, still in Luke chapter 10, as you, as you heard. This is where we were last week. So last week was the sending of the 72 disciples out into the region of Samaria between where Jesus was in that Samaria, Samaritan town uh, in the northern part of the region of Samaria around Galilee. All the way down through to Jerusalem which is all that kind of uh, Samaritan region. And then we have like one story in between of Jesus, um, you know, reflecting with the disciples about their time and rejoicing uh, about the, the time that they spent out in doing that work in the world. And then this story. So Jesus is in Samaria mm-hmm. when he's doing this. And, a, you know, a Jewish uh, teacher of the law is there with him, following him around and asking him this question. So, that's where Jesus is kind of regionally. And in terms of the narrative of the story, we're right after this. So we have like a lot of engagement with this region of Samaria. It's really playing like a big part in Luke's gospel. And Luke, this is a, this is a story that's, that's unique to Luke. So uh, it's interesting that this story and um, the prodigal son are both Lucan stories. So it's interesting to just think about like Luke has this, 
has this preserved tradition of Jesus telling this story about like your neighbor being the Samaritan, like the person that you're supposed to hate the most as a Jewish person, you know, that's doing all the wrong things, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, and I think I'll talk about that in my point, but yeah, it's just interesting that Luke is, is pushing this and then to think up through to acts where like, then, then like the, the disciples will go back into the region of Samaria and like be, you know, preaching the gospel after Jesus is gone. So it's like, it's almost like Jesus is preparing them for this reality that they're going to have to go like everywhere, like mm-hmm. into all the world is really all the world, you know, uh, regardless of where they might've been rejected before, you know, just like returning to all those places of challenge. And so that's where we are. And Charlotte's got the first point. I do. And, um, or actually we don't always do this, but we're kind of going in sequential order mm-hmm. today. Um, because mine comes from this first part. My point has to do with when Jesus answers and says, what is written in the law and what do you do there? That the lawyer responds with, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I was looking at that and considering the fact that it doesn't, it could have just been much more brief. It could have said, you need to love God. And that would have been very open to interpretation Um, What does it mean to love God? Does it mean to pray daily? Does it mean to worship? Does it, whatever that means. Um, But this is so specific in what is required in the way that you love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body. And I think that that's because sometimes we don't. Um, I think that sometimes we get very segmented in what we will and won't do of the pieces of ourselves that we're willing to share And I think that's true in human relationships that there's definitely, and I'm only going to speak for myself, not for you, but I definitely have pieces of myself that I'm willing to share in relationship with people and then other places where I don't feel safe. And so I hold pieces of myself aside Uh um, and I don't share them with people. And maybe that comes from not wanting to be harmed Uh um, or maybe it just comes from vulnerability being hard. Um, But the reality is, is that it's spelled out so clearly in here Because especially when it comes to being in a right relationship with God, we can't choose that. We can't choose to only tell God our version of a story when we're, you know, in prayer and we're revisiting something that's happened to us. We're called to like crack ourselves fully open and explore not just what happened, but like how we felt about it and and how we're feeling about it and all of those things that transpire in it. And that that openness, that willingness to be vulnerable with God is what leads to this open relationship. And I think that it's important that it's all named here because as human beings, much like the lawyer in this story, we're always looking for like, what is the minimal way that I can do this and be good, right? Like what, what, is, what is the bar, the low bar um, that I have to, to work with in this? And this is so clearly a high bar. Mm-hmm. It's all of you, not part of you, not a quarter of you, not two thirds of you, but it is all of you that is being called to be in this relationship with God. And the lawyer asked the question because he was asking about eternal life. He was focusing on, you know, um, gold line streets and fluffy clouds and, and all of those things. <laughs> but when Jesus answers him, when it gets to the end and Jesus tells him that he's got the right answer, mm-hmm. um, hallelujah, <laughs> Jesus then says, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Jesus does not say, do this and you will have eternal life. 
And there have been plenty of conversations with Jesus about eternal life. Camels through the eyes of the needle, you know, there, there are times that this conversation has for sure taken place. But in this instance, Jesus doesn't use that language. Jesus says, do this and you will live. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking that it's because if we do these half pieces, these measured pieces of ourselves that we give to God and to each other, that we are not, in fact, fully living now. We are not fully living into the kingdom. We are not fully living into relationship with each other. And we are certainly not living fully into being in relationship with God. And I guess I need to say, especially with the temperature of the world right now, that that doesn't mean that you need to share in an unsafe situation. That doesn't mean that every piece of yourself needs to be given out in every situation that you encounter. However, if you're going to have a real and true relationship with someone, you do have to be willing to be your real and true self. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, that relationship, just like your relationship with God, is based on half-truths and and not full information. And so then it's always going to be a question mark for you of if you are fully loved. And maybe that's my Enneagram 2 showing up in that moment there, right? Like, oh, what does it, would I be fully loved in that situation? I don't know. But it is such an important call to think about, like, this isn't about eternal life. This relationship with God, this love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your body, with all of your actions, with all of your words, with all of your deeds, not written there, but still accurate, mm-hmm. um, are about living now. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like an infinite, eternal, like depth of living now, mm-hmm. right? Instead of like a length of life, like eternal length, mm-hmm. like eternal depth, different. Yeah, and I'm, um, it's just so interesting to me, just, yeah, thinking about bringing that, that whole self and like the, the bifurcation of the self and only like half living. Like Jesus doesn't say you'll continue to live. Jesus says, then you will live, mm-hmm. implying that this person is not living yet. And I, I think the context of him saying that is so important and kind of transitioning to my point in this. And then the actual like parable that Jesus tells is like in this place that is like symbolic of the way that a community has split itself in half and each side demonized the other half. You're only half living if you're calling this other person like the problem instead of recognizing them as your neighbor that you are called to love. And, and so in, in telling the story of the Samaritan about the Samaritan person being the one that, you know, takes care of this Jewish person that has been hurt. It's like Jesus is showing that there is something stronger that we're, there is something bigger we're called to. And there's, there is like a stronger emotion and depth of relationship available when we are bringing compassion to a situation and mercy and, and so I, I was also thinking when you were talking about like the the last thing that we that we heard the disciples doing, which was G- and Jesus tell, talking to the disciples about, which was going out into these towns, into these Samaritan towns, recognizing that there will be times when they go into those challenging conversations and tense relationships and talking and communicating across lines of like real ideological, ethnic and ideal ideological difference. Because their separation really comes from an ideological, like religious um, conflict 
you know, about like where, what the proper practice is and like where the temple should be. And so, and that's like a historical thing that has led to this just kind of demonizing of cult, like cultures across these different regions. And so Jesus knows that they're going to, they will be rejected in some of these places. And like you said, it's not about just like pouring ourselves into being constantly rejected by people and, you know, in like these terrible situations and we just beat down, you know, in these conversations that don't go anywhere. Because he also leaves the door open for them to just leave mm-hmm. when they get rejected. That He's like, that's okay. But when you leave, you like kind of shake the dust off your feet. You leave that behind you. And like I said, like in Acts, they're always going to circle back. So there's like something continuous about this relating to your neighbor across this kind of ideological line of difference. And so I see that was the other, that was the thing that struck me in in this gospel. Like when I read it this morning, the thing that jumped out was was how like yes, it is amazing that the that like these you know, these two people that are like symbolic of piety, the the Jewish priest and the Levite, they walk by go on the other side of the road because legalistically they're like following the rules of their religion, you know, to go away from this, this bleeding and broken body, you know? Um, and, but Jesus is saying beyond these legal ritual actions is like the heart of our religion, which is compassion and mercy, you know, and we're losing sight of that when we're just, so legalistic and our, our, all of our rules and stuff are just about controlling people's bodies and actions. That's not what we're here for. We're here for compassion and mercy and taking care of one another. And this person that you've demonized, Mr. Lawyer person, this Samaritan person is a person, you know, that is moved with compassion. And we are all to follow the example of this person that you think is like legalistically doing the wrong things, but they're actually living out the religion that you say you are living out by being compassionate and merciful. And so there's like such power in that symbolism of like the Samaritan being the person that is the neighbor uh, and takes care of it takes care of their fellow human being, regardless of like what they believe and where they think the temple should be, whether it's Jerusalem or Gerizim in, you know, Samaria, whatever. And so I'm also, I was then struck just by this like little detail that kind of kept, kept sticking in my brain, which was that like he takes him to the inn and he pays the innkeeper two denarii, like for the room and for this day. And I think he could have in that moment been the compassionate and merciful one by just leaving and being like, Jesus could have been like, yeah, look, he took care of him you know, and that was an amazing thing. And I think it's the story still would have landed, Mm -hmm. you know, like the point of the story, but then Jesus and the Samaritan in this story, take it a step further, take care of him. And when I come back, I'll repay you whatever you spent. And so like, there is something to me again, going back to that returning in back to the places of rejection, back to the challenging relationships, back to one another even when we cannot agree on anything, like continuing to try, you know? And so continuing to return and believing in the idea that we are always changing and transforming and other people are as well. And the possibility back to Hannah's point that the Holy spirit is moving all the time and opening up new possibilities for relationship and truth to emerge that Jesus doesn't just stop and say like, yes, the person that showed him mercy in this kind of episodic way is his neighbor. It's the person that shows him mercy and then follows up 
It's relationship. It's like continuous. They continue to come back. I will not give up on this person. I'll make sure that they have what they need into the future, not just right now, but you know, forever. So that was the thing that struck me. Just like Jesus is called to like continue just this whole section. I think really, you know, all the way back to chapter nine, these last two chapters. And then because it's Luke's gospel, we can kind of tie into the future of in the story of acts, you know, just like the way like Jesus's commitment to Samaria is so significant in Luke and it is bringing up so it, it just is so indicative of the ways that, that Jesus wants like continuous relationship and trying and trying across lines of difference, especially ideological difference. And also, you know, being realistic about the fact that there will be rejection in those times and that we can move on from those rejections and that we'll come back. So, well, and I think David, as you were talking and I was thinking about it, I'm like our human instinct so often is that we want our gold star, our pat on the back, our job well done. And I think that that's a lot of what I get in this return yeah. is that it's not about that. Right. It's not about doing just the right thing. Please do it. We do want you to do, in fact, the right thing. Me too. Yeah. Um, but that it's more than that. It's mm-hmm. about making those hard choices to maintain the relationships and to do the work. And I do think that that ties the end of the gospel to the beginning of the gospel mm-hmm. that we were reading as well, because that is that's that's a whole circle moment. Yeah. All right, well, that's our two points for this week. Uh, point number one was Charlotte's, and it was about Jesus' call to bring our whole selves uh, to this moment, to our relationships, and in so doing, we'll be living into that eternal nature of this moment, of really living uh, in a whole-hearted way rather than just part of ourselves. And then going into the parable for today, just thinking about Jesus' call, and like in the whole context of these last two chapters of of the continuity of relationship, uh, you know, going back to the challenging conversations, crossing ideological lines, trying to be in relationship with people, even when there is rejection and then, you know, coming back and coming back and coming back and being okay, like wiping the dust away and, and moving on for a time. So having heard those two points, we would again, love to hear what your third point would have been like Hannah sent us in the voicemail. Uh, We would also love to hear any of your questions or stories or comments from your week of uh, conversation or reflection on the gospel Uh, or any of your God sightings, consolations or desolations. Uh, All the ways of getting contact, getting in contact with us are listed in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll down and check it out. You can click any of those links and uh, let us know what you think. And we will be back next week uh, for the Sunday leading up to for the week leading up to Sunday, June 17th. And we'll have special guest, return guest, Rachel Embossing from St. Matthew's. I'm so excited to have Rachel back. So fun. We'll be talking about Mary and Martha, the next story. Excellent. In chapter 10. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. everybody.